Could we bow our hearts together? Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We bless you, Father. We bless you. There is no one like you. There is no one like you. Lord, we just sense that it may not be long that we will be there with you. But until we are there with you, we're going to be people of God in this crooked and perverse generation. Thank you that you have everything in the palms of your hands. What a privilege it is, Lord, to to know you. To know you, Lord. To know you as our Lord and our God. We bless you, wonderful Lord. Father, would you cause your word to speak to us today? Would you cause your word to speak to us, to me, as well as to your people that are here today, Father? In the name of Jesus, and we thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity to speak this morning. God is good. God is good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. We bless you. Thank you, Lord. God has brought us together for His purpose. For His purpose. I believe that what we're doing, along with Pastor, he's mentioned it as well, but I believe it is of God, and I believe that God is pleased. And I believe that he is going to help us. He's going to move by his spirit in our midst. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to read from Hebrews chapter 12. If you'd like to turn there or it'll be on the screen. Um... Hebrews chapter 12. Thank you, Lord. I forgot to write down what verse it is, so I've got to find it here real quick. Oh, it's verse 17. Let's begin reading at 14, verse 14. Follow peace with all men. Follow peace with all men and holiness, 
we still believe in holiness. Amen? We still believe in holiness. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any bitterness, any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person, as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. Lest there be any fornicator or profane, profane person, as Esau, <clears throat> who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know that how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. This will probably be a different message than you ever heard on this passage. I grew up hearing this passage in an Assembly of God church fairly frequently, at least every revival we had. Someone would speak on this subject. But the words of the text that I read to you seemingly, seemingly teach a doctrine that indicates that a person can desire to repent and not be able to do so. It seems to teach a doctrine that indicates that a person can desire to repent and attempt to repent and be unable to do so. And it was then, and maybe it is for you now, quite a terrifying doctrine. There is no way to estimate how many burdened hearts have been how many burdened hearts have had obstacles put in their path, in their way, when they have sought to come back to God? Now, I don't know what your particular belief is, but I believe it is possible for people to fall away from the Lord. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not, like, it's not God's will. It doesn't have to happen. But sometimes it does happen. People fall away from the Lord. Now, what all comes of that, I'm not going to get into this morning. But there is no way to estimate the number of people who have had burdened hearts over obstacles that have been put in their way by well-meaning people that misinterpret what God's Word says. I can remember when I was here many years ago now, first came here in 1975, and there was a really wonderful couple in the church. There were many wonderful couples in the church, but one in particular that I'm thinking of this morning, I will not use the name and, and I would not give it even in private, but there was a lady, she and her husband had been in this church for many years, she came every Sunday. But she believed 
that God had told her, you need not pray. You need not pray. I'm not going to have anything to do with you. What a horrible thing for someone to believe. How I many you know that the enemy is slick? Yes, he, is. he is slick. Sure is. And he tries to put words in the Lord's mouth. The, one of the people in the church, I believe it was the pastor's wife, had been a great woman of prayer. And when she passed away, there was a need for somebody to take that place. And this lady believed that was her. A wonderful lady, a wonderful man and lady. And she felt that God wanted her to take up the burden of prayer that this woman had had and carried for this church for many, many years. However, she had a little boy, just a little tyke, and she was not able to live up to the standard that she had set for herself. She believed the Lord had done it. And she said, not to me, but to other people who were close to her, that God had said to her, there's no point in you praying, I will not hear your prayer. Now, if you ever hear that, that is not God. If you ever hear anything like that, it is not God. She was well-meaning. She was a beautiful lady. She loved the Lord. But she felt that she had been disinherited as far as the kingdom of God was concerned. I do not know if she ever came out of that. I have no way of knowing. But that's the kind of thing that can happen when we don't understand the scripture as God would have us to. And for just a few minutes, I want to talk to you this morning about what I believe this passage actually teaches. Many people have come under a similar bondage. I just thought of another lady that when I was a young person, even a little boy and a young person in Panama City, Florida, this lady loved the Lord and she, she tried to serve him. But something happened. I don't know what it was. My mother was very close to her and knew the situation and prayed for her. But she had a similar thing happen. She believed that she had committed the unpardonable sin and that there was no hope for her whatsoever. I believe with her that right near the end of her life she came to understand the truth. It, does not, it is not a truth that a person can want to come back to God who has fallen away or something has happened to them and they no longer are walking with the Lord and then the Spirit of God deals with them, it is not true that that person cannot find repentance. We have misunderstood this passage of Scripture and I'll show you how I mean that. The Revised Version, the RSV, Revised Standard Version, has dispelled that horrible nightmare. Think of how you would feel, or how I would feel, Pastor, if I believe that something I have done has so grieved the Lord that He doesn't want anything else to do with me. That's not the kind of God that we serve. Amen. 
Our God is not like that at all. The Revised Version dispels that horrible nightmare by making just a, a slight change. You do realize that all the versions, or almost all of them, go back to the original and reinterpret, and usually it comes out well, but I believe this is not a good translation in what we read here today and what I will show you as God helps me. <clears throat> it shows clearly, the revised version shows clearly that what Esau is seeking, what Esau is seeking and seeking tearfully in vain is not repentance, but he was looking for the Father's blessing. He was desiring the Father's blessing. See, that's totally different than how it's been interpreted. And I don't mean to impugn anybody that has ever preached it a different way. I probably preached it a different way myself. Pastor's gotten it right every time, but I, I miss it now and then. Let me say it again. The revised version shows clearly that Esau was not trying to get back to God, but he was seeking and seeking tearfully, not repentance, but the Father's blessing. You know that the oldest son always was the one who received the greatest blessing, the birthright, we call it. This man, this man Esau, at a given time of his life, would have inherited the blessing and sought it carefully with tears and did not find what he was looking for. You say, well, Ron, what does that got to do with anything? Well, I hope I can help us to see what it has to do with anything. Two women that I told you about, and there must be thousands of situations similar somehow came to believe that God was done with them. God was finished with them. That God would not, would not have a relationship with them. Esau came to the place that he wanted the blessing and he sought it carefully with tears and did not find it, but the blessing was the Father's Blessing that he gave to the son. It was not that God was writing him off. God is not that way. I have a brother. Didn't think of this till just now. We talk on the phone quite a bit. He lives down in Florida. He's a good man of the Lord. But he's told me that he has regularly regularly the evil one says to him you have committed the unpardonable sin and there's no point in you reading the Bible or praying there may be somebody in this service that you're hearing something that is going to help you see that God is always ready to show mercy God always deals in grace 
God is just waiting for people to come back to him. What kind of a God would it be if when he got us under conviction and we came and fell in the altar and cried out to God and he said, I was just kidding. I don't want anything to do with you. You shouldn't have chosen the other route. Of course, my brother says to the evil one, you are a liar. You are a liar. But he said, Ron, they come, he comes to me regularly. He doesn't see the devil, but the words come to him. You have sinned against the Holy Ghost, and there's no hope for you. There used to be a lot of people in churches like that. I don't know now that there is, but there used to be. My brother loves the Lord. He stands up for the Lord. He's busy in the work of God, and yet... That person, not a careless person, a person who doesn't give a rip, but a person that is busy about the master's business, who has two sons that grew up in a home without a mother, and both of them are preaching the word of God today. And yet the evil one comes to him every day of his life, and many times every day of his life, and says, you're going to hell. There's no hope for you. Sad, a sad thing. The erroneous thought has been perpetrated on much of the church. Maybe not this church, I I certainly would hope not. But the erroneous thought that has been perpetrated on much of the church probably was well intended. Many years ago when there were a lot of revivals, It's probably only happened in Panama City, but there were people that would come and preach every kind of thing imaginable to get people to the altar. And it's good to get people to the altar, but it shouldn't be under false pretenses. I had my own time where I wondered, what what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I may have been so wicked, probably stole bubble gum or something like that. I said I probably stole bubble gum or something like that. (laughs) The evil one is incessant Mm -hmm. in working against the people of the Lord. If he can get a seed into our minds, that's what happened with my brother. If he can get a seed into our minds, It can make life an absolutely miserable thing. Even though it's well intended, it is no less erroneous because of being well intended. This doctrine indicates that a person can desire to repent, to come back to God, and not be able to do so. And it's been used as a weapon to drag people down to their grave. There are lessons that these words teach that we need to look at for a few moments and try to take them to heart. We should look at the history of this passage of Scripture that I have read to you. The character in that passage is Esau. In some respects, Esau was better than his brother. In some respects, he was. He he was a frank 
individual, that is, he was honest, he was generous, he was quick to forgive, he was easy to appease, he was easily entreated, he was chivalrous, and he was brave. A lot of good, good things about Esau. What he was not able to do, what he was not able to rise above, was the present. Seeing everything according to the present. And he was extremely susceptible to sensual gravitation. Gravitation for the senses. He comes from the field hungry and faint. And he smells something wonderful. Smells just like Judy's country fried steak. If you ever get an invitation, do not turn it down. He smells something wonderful cooking in front of him. He knows his brother pretty well and he wonders what it will cost him to get some of that pottage or soup or um, what, do you, what is the other thing you cook? I mean, you cook a lot, but... Huh? Beef stew. Beef stew. Right, Pastor? Good beef stew. And he thinks about the fact that the birthright is way off in the future. The birthright is way off in the future. And it's not that big a deal at the moment. And the thing that is close at hand blocks out his view. From his view, the thing that lies well ahead. So he chooses gratification of his feelings, present gratification, whatever becomes of his future satisfaction of a more spiritual kind. Now, before we start letting stones fly at Esau, before we start letting stones fly at Esau, is it an unusual thing to find people choosing paths that will grant some small amount of hot, savory pottage, regardless of what comes of their birthright? Is there a person here that believes more in wealth than in honesty? Is there a person here who believes more in wealth than in honesty? Is there a young man or a young woman here who would rather live to make a fortune than to cultivate a godly nature? I'm just going to let you all know that my grandson, uh, where is he, Jeremiah, there he is back there, he plans to play for the Seahawks. But I talked to him about his relationship with God. But there are many young people who would rather make a fortune than cultivate a godly nature. Is there, are there some of us who despise the things that are priceless, the things of God you cannot buy, you can give to the work of God, but you cannot buy 
those priceless treasures. So Esau had some degree of ability to reason. He said, I'm about to starve to death. Has anybody ever felt like that? As I get older, my appetite doesn't go down. It goes this way. And I don't appreciate it. He said, I'm about to starve. So what good will my birthright be if I starve to death? I think maybe some of my appetite problem comes from Starbucks. I think they put something in it to make you want to go back up to the register and get some of those $5 items in the, in the case there. I won't accuse them of that. I just said I think it. Before we let the stones fly at Esau, we need to look into our own hearts. Esau had some degree of ability to reason. It would be a thousand times better for Esau and for me and for you that we live as the sons and the daughters of God. Nothing, nothing compares to you and I having a personal relationship with God and walking with Him and living as the sons and daughters of God. God didn't make us to grovel around in the world. He has made us kings and priests unto God. And He has said we will reign forever and ever if we perform our duty as the priests of the Lord. You say, well, I thought that was you and pastor. No, that's all of us. Ye are a chosen generation, a royal, a royal priesthood, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should do what? Show forth the praises of the one who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. Don't let anybody tell you that you don't matter. Don't let anybody tell you that. That is a lie from the devil. Any person plus God is a majority. God has called us to show forth the praises of the one who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So the man of our text is very much like the rest of us, or we very much like him. We ought to have a friendly feeling toward Esau that would make us kind toward him. His faults are really not all that extraordinary. They just put in graphic form what many of us feel but do not put into words. Almost all men, when choosing between the present and the future, choose wrongly. Almost all men, choosing between the present and the future, choose wrongly. And the same between the natural and the spiritual. 
The story does not end here. It goes on to tell us that much later, he found out what a fool he had been. Thirty or forty years may have elapsed between the time when he got the pottage and the time that he began to feel that he wanted to have that blessing back. When Esau heard the words of his father to his brother, he cried with a bitter cry, an exceeding bitter cry, and said to his father, Bless me also, O my father. Do you only have one blessing? And he lifted up his voice and wept. These are the parts of history which the book of of Hebrews recalls for Jewish leaders. There is nothing in the words of the writer about Esau's vainly seeking for repentance for his wrongdoing. Only an account of weeping that he might obtain a blessing from his father's lips. There is no vainly trying to repent on Esau's part. What we do see in him is a decided change of mind as to the value of the birthright, the one that he had despised. There is sorrow for the past. There is sorrow for his poor choice. What is the lesson this story actually teaches? There is an expression of our text that goes this way. He found no place of repentance. It does not mean he did not repent or could not repent, but he found no field on which he could undo that which was a part of his past. His repentance did not alter the condition, the fixed condition of, his, of the blessing. His change of mind as to the worth of the thing that he had thrown away did not bring the thing back to him. Brothers and sisters, about the things of God, we should choose very, very carefully. See, the enemy says, just try a little bit of that. That's, it's not going to hurt you. Just try this. Who knows, you might be able to win somebody who's doing this to the Lord. He is sly. He is sly. He wished, Esau wished, that it had been otherwise, but his wishes were in vain. Somebody said if wishes were horses, the beggars would ride. That is the lesson which this, te- this text is intended to teach us. Even Esau is wringing his hands, but it is too late for him to have the birthright. There, there may come in your lifetime a time when the scales will fall from your eyes and you will see how insignificant the gratification of our flesh for the present, how it is, and you will be tempted to give up the birthright. We cannot shed enough tears to alter the irrevocable. You and I cannot do away with the consequences that track a man down even after many years. Wringing our hands and weeping will not bring back the birthright. Young men, young women, learn the lesson. Begin right. 
begin right. That's why we had these children up here this morning and young people, children and young people up here this morning. We're wanting to say you're going in the right direction. Continue to go that way. Keep going that way. Keep going that way. Being right so that there may not be in your life, in your career, deeds which one day will wake up to see, you will wake up to see all that has been madness and misery. It's an awful thing for men to stand looking back on a past life. To them, looks like Sodom the morning after the fire and brimstone fell. Abraham looked on it from a distance and he spoke of the country and the smoke of that country went up to the heavens. In those times, many a man's life lies before him. And he would gladly cancel the record if he could. The Bible still says, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Thank God, at any moment, at any moment in our earthly life, we can find the mercy of God that brings salvation if we only will seek for it. Maybe there's someone here this morning that this message was intended for. You have thought maybe there was nobody else like you. You've wondered if anybody else has made the same decisions that you've made. And you feel as if maybe God doesn't care anymore. I want to tell you, that is a lie from hell. That is a lie from hell. Esau was not repenting for sin and trying to get through to God. He simply was thinking of what he had lost in this life. This I do know. That the salvation that comes to a man who has all his life been molding his character by ungodliness may, be, may not be as full, as blessed in many respects to the salvation which might have been. Some folks' lives are so messed up. But God can take those lives and put the pieces back together again. God can take all the pieces of your life. If you're here this morning and this message has some application toward your life, I want to tell you that God can not only put it back together, but He can make it better than it's ever been in all of your life. What a blessing it is to know that. When you lay your head down on your pillow at night and the evil one says, you have really blown it today. God is going to give up on you. No, He is not going to give up on you. My Bible says that the Lord is married to the backslider. He's married to the backslider. And He said, what God has put together, let no man put asunder. What a wonderful thing it is to know that even when I blow it, when I make a mess, when I feel like I've failed... What a blessing is to know that our God always has His hands 
outstretched. Always, always, always has his hands outstretched. In fact, the scripture says exactly, exactly that. It says his hands are always outstretched toward us. We all blow it. We all blow it at times. We all disappoint ourselves at times. We sometimes disappoint the Lord. But you remember when Simon Peter had denied Jesus three times? Jesus had warned him, Simon, listen. Listen carefully to what I got to say to you. The evil one has demanded that he have an opportunity to work on you. Stay close to me, Simon. Stay close to me. Keep your trust in me. Walk with me. And he told all the disciples, <clears throat> he said, this night, all of you, all of you will betray me. And of course, Simon Peter was the first one to speak up and said, they may all fail you, but I will not deny you. I will go to prison and to death for you. You know what we didn't read? It says, so said they all. But when Jesus had risen from the dead, he said, go tell my disciples and especially Simon Peter, tell him, tell them and tell him that I go before them and I want him to meet me there. I'm glad that God is not keeping some kind of a score. But He is always, always, forever saying, you can make it. You can make it. I will be with you. I will guarantee your success. I will cause you to be effective for me. It doesn't matter what people think. Some of us have a bad case of Worrying about what people think. Paul said, With me it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of any man's judgment. What we want to do, what we should want to do, instead of trying to please everybody and impress everybody. What does God think? What is God seeing? What is God wanting to do to help me, to make me an overcomer? That's one of the greatest things that we can believe for, is that we will be an overcomer for all the blessings in Revelation. All of them are tied to our being overcomers. God will give us as much of himself as we can stand. There is such a thing as deep repentance and clinging to the master that will help us to overcome disabilities in our lives. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that we 
can see that what some people have taught us isn't necessarily the way it is. Father, you know that we're not preaching that people can live any way they want to and do anything they want to. Everything will be just fine. But Lord, that which the enemy tries to do, to convince us that this time we have blown it and it's irrevocable. Father, thank you that it is not true. It is not so. Even when we have messed up royally, you're saying, come on back. Come on close to me. Get up close to me. Get up close as the disciple who put his head on Jesus. Lord, help us not to be people who follow you afar off. My Lord, I don't know if there's anyone here here today that has been tempted to believe that it's all over for them. But I pray, Father, if there is a person that is in that condition, I pray that before the doors of this church are locked, that will be a thing of the past. I pray for my brother that he would rebuke the devourer, rebuke the adversary. Oh God, I pray for men and women here today who need, who need to say, God, I will never make it on my own. But I believe in you and I receive you. I receive you, Lord. I want you to help me in every decision that I must make. I want my life to be pleasing in your sight. For Lord, you have said that on that day when we stand before you, if we have lived for you and served you, we will hear the words said, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Not perfect servant, but well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will now make you ruler over many things. Oh, Father, we don't know when that day is going to come. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be 20 years from now. We don't know. Lord, we want to be effective for you. We want to serve you. We want to help others and minister to people around us. We want to disciple other people in the things of God. And so I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that you would cause the Word of God to go down deep into our heart, Lord. Help us to believe it. Help us to confess it. Help us to stand on it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me? Could we stand together? Thank you, Lord. Let's...
bow before the Lord right now just for a moment is there a man or a lady a young person that you you have heard that things are not as the evil one has been saying to you you have felt similarly to the people that I talked about this morning but you know now that God is waiting with open arms to receive you if you're here like that I wonder if you just slip your hand up for just a moment and put it back down anyone Father, oh Father, we bow before you. We bow before you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, no man will pluck you out of my Father's hand. He said, no man will pluck you out of my Father's hand. Thank you, Father, that we're in your hand. Thank you that we're in your hand. Hallelujah. Pastor, would you close for us? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. sing that song did not say the sinner's prayer but you can sing that song to God
before you we bow before you we bow before you fill our storage this morning fill our storage this morning fill my storage go ahead and tell him fill my storage this morning fill my storage Lord Storage is empty. And I am available to you. Dear Father, we we've heard your word and there have been times for some of us on a daily basis and others when we least expect it on a weekly basis or once a month or sometime when something comes up and the adversary says oh you have blown it big time you have messed up in this area too many times God is tired of you Father we thank you that you sent the Holy Spirit to woo us to pursue us to come by and welcome us and tug on us oh we thank you for being so patient with us God we do not want to be like this young man the pastor preached about we say yes this morning we say yes we say yes we say yes would you help me tell him yes Lord I say yes Lord I say yes after everything you've done for me as patient as you have been with me with me in my life I say yes I say yes I say yes I say yes Yes, Lord, touch me, heal me, fix me, renew me, save me, heal me, restore me. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Woo. God's working. Yes, Lord. My storage is empty. My storage is empty. And I am 
He'll fill you. He will fill you right now if you tell him. Tell him. Confess. I see your total. I am available. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. I'm available. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. The word that came directly from the throne. That the message was exactly what we needed to hear. This morning, we lay ourselves down before you, face down, face down, face down. We're not worthy to see your glory as Moses asked to see it. But oh, seeing how good you've been to us, it just messes everything up. When we look back over our lives, we see how good you've been. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for letting your goodness pass before us. Oh, your goodness. 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 Coming home. been lingering because Holy Spirit checked us this is not just supposed to be a service where you sing and you leave this is supposed to be change this has to be change or it makes no sense it makes no sense if there isn't change it makes no sense coming home coming home of love Lord I'm coming home coming home Father we've done everything you told us to do the word has been spoken and the invitation was given 
that everyone here has had an opportunity to say yes. To say yes without any retaliation from you. Without any retaliation, you're waiting and you're saying, come on in, come on in, come on home, son. Come on home, daughter. Come on home, child. I've been waiting on you 20 years, 30 years. I've been waiting on you. I've been waiting on you. My feelings haven't changed. I still love you the same way as the first time you called my name. God, how good can you be? How good can you be? Thank you for your forgiving power. Thank you. Thank you. Would we all just thank him for his forgiving power? Thank you for your forgiving power. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your forgiveness. Give him some thanks, please. Woo! Oh, bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Father, as we leave this place, we're not leaving your presence. As a matter of fact, we, be we beseech, we, we beg of you not to leave us. We can't do life without you. We are corrupt without you. Our hearts will not make good decisions without you. Don't leave us, Lord. Don't leave us. We thank you for everything you've said to us. And as we leave this place, we ask that you will continue to walk with us, be with us in our cars, travel with us to the home, fill our place of domain, and continue to work on us because we need you, Lord. We need you. We need you. We need you. Thank you for everything you did today. Thank you for everything you've done today. Thank you for your loving kindness and tender mercies that you rained on us. Bring us back on Wednesday for an awesome Bible study time and breaking of the word. In Jesus' name we pray. And every saint says, Amen. So let it be. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Hallelujah.